much, Money. We are live here with Brandon from Cloud9 Prints. So welcome. And guys, I apologize for my internet. I see it glitching a little bit. So I, as you guys know, I just moved to Missouri and our internet is not very good right now. So I'm looking into switching it and trying to get better internet. But in the meantime, bear with me. Um, at least hopefully on the podcast, it'll sound better. You won't see the like glitching screen. <laughs> but anyway, thank you, Brandon, for being here. Thank you for having me. Super excited to be here. <clears throat> so for anyone who hasn't met Brandon yet, I met him through Clubhouse. So um, if you guys are on Clubhouse, definitely follow Brandon, follow myself. He was on both of our marathon lives, the six hour long <laughs> lives that we did. Yep. Yep. Willing you stayed on quite a while a too, time. right? Yeah. I was going to say the first one I managed to stumble on right when the room started. And then uh, I was there right until the end. Are you serious? Oh my gosh. I knew you were yeah. there a long time. I didn't know you were there the whole six hours. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. When managed I first said it through, it was great. Amazing. When I first set that up, I was imagining people were going to keep coming and going and coming and going. I was so surprised how many people stayed the entire time. I was like, maybe I shouldn't do six hours. I don't want people to like dehydrate or something. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was crazy. I was going to say like right from the beginning, basically to the end, there were a lot of people in there. So it was awesome. Awesome. Well, you are, I, I can't wait to learn more about you, but everything that so far that I've learned about you and hearing you on Clubhouse, you had so many good nuggets to add and, and things to add, but let's start from the beginning. How did you get into print on demand and, and where are you now with your company and all of that? It's <laughs> a good question. So the story actually begins kind of a while ago. Um, I went to a trade school in high school um, and while I was there I was in the graphic design program and that school and like the program is kind of unique so it wasn't just design where we were learning Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign, basically the entire Adobe suite. Um, it was also half of a print shop so we would um, we had like a four color screen press in there we had a couple manual machines like that you would print, for example, newspaper on. Um, we would print like all of the paper materials for the school and everything like that. And wow. that's really where the, the interest in graphic design, POD, all of that stuff came from. It's kind of crazy because I have shirts that like I printed in high school. I didn't anticipate myself necessarily getting back into it at first. Um, wow. So I still have what a those. cool high school. Now, it's I've never even heard of that. It. Yeah. So that was really awesome just to kind of get like the, the foot in the door because I got to learn design from like a young age and physically print wow. stuff when I was like 14, 15 years old. So, and was that um, in Colorado or where, where is that? No. So I'm actually from Massachusetts originally oh, from okay. a, a pretty small town called Menden. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's like maybe four or five thousand people live there. Pretty small town, wow. but yeah. So that was where the whole the whole thing began, basically. And then after I graduated high school, uh, I went to college, and I envisioned myself doing sales for a while. I was pretty into that after I graduated sales. I worked for or after I graduated in, uh, college, I was in sales at IBM for two years, and then I ended up leaving that. And Cloud9 started began about a month later. That's when it started. So wow. kind of mixing up some words there by accident. But yeah, that's kind of like the, the quick lowdown of how I started and kind of how everything began with Cloud9. Wow. Well, that is really neat to start all the way in high school. And it's so cool that your high school had printing machines and all of that. Yeah. My high school definitely did not have that. I didn't even know anything about print on demand in, in high school. Um, Actually, it probably didn't even exist. I'm so old. <laughs> Printing, the newspaper part probably existed. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like, uh, you know, transfers and screen printing and all that stuff. Yeah. Ages, you know, so. Yeah. I'm not that old yet. <laughs> I don't yeah, not newspapers. Not. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Um, but anyway, 
So did, so in college, did you study graphic design and all of that too? Or were you no. something else? So, I mean, I guess kind of. Like I was a communication major and, uh, you know, so like I wasn't doing any physical design or anything like that, but there were a couple classes that I took, um, you know, that were more related to how people like act online um, that I guess are somewhat relevant now to where, you know, we, we work with a lot of people that have stores online and we have stores ourselves and stuff. So definitely was relevant, but wasn't anything to do really with, uh, with what we're doing now. So, so connected that. So you finished college and then your friend was doing print on demand a long time. Is that what it was? Or Dan? Or how did that happen? Yes. So uh, Dan is also from Massachusetts originally. He is actually the cousin of a really good friend of mine who I was roommates with in college. And um, I was living in Massachusetts, just talking to that friend of mine. And basically he's like, yeah, I have a cousin and he's like a good friend of mine who also wants to move to Colorado. Um, so me and Dan ended up moving out here with two other people. And that was in November of 2019. And then Cloud9 began uh, in March of 2020. Really where uh, the dots get connected there. One of the people that we had moved in uh, with was doing pretty high volume drop shipping at that point and most of it was apparel. So like right when the pandemic started getting kind of bad uh, for the US slash like overseas in China, it was pretty apparent that drop shipping, at least from China, was not really gonna be a thing anymore, um, at least in the short term. So we realized that there was gonna be a pretty big need for US-based apparel production. And because we had a friend who just like literally got cut off basically overnight. He was trying to order a, a large, large order of like a couple thousand units. And they basically told him no. Um, so we had a couple clients who were kind of built in. So it took away a little bit of the, I guess, like risk almost where like, yeah. you know, we, we didn't have to go and get our first clients. Like right when we got the machine, we were kind of slammed actually and like had to learn very quickly. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like how, how things got started. Like we just realized that, you know, the old way of doing things wasn't really going to exist anymore. So. Wow. Well, so neat. So were your um, parents like worried about you moving out of state and starting a company or like, <laughs> yeah, tell us that story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, without a doubt. Yeah. So there's actually, I guess one little tidbit that I left out too. So. While I was working at IBM, um, I got into reselling pretty heavily on like eBay and Amazon and all that stuff. So um, what really motivated me to kind of leave IBM, move from Massachusetts, move out to Colorado, I had basically matched the money that I was making at IBM with those, um, you know, ways of generating income. So they weren't really too thrilled about that, if I'm going to be honest, um, just because like they're more traditional and I understand it, you know, yeah. they're more traditional in the sense where like both my parents have worked at the same company for, I don't know, 15, 20 years, basically they value stability and all of that yeah. stuff, but I'm just a little bit different. So yeah, yeah they so weren't really too thrilled. <laughs> I feel like it's like perfect because would you consider yourself Gen Z? Is that what you are? Or millennial. I'm 1996, so I'm like right on the edge. You're of, right on the edge. I yeah. Think, yeah. Because we haven't. Like I don't think we had a Gen Z person on yet. We've had maybe. I don't know. You're. There's been a couple people that are like, because you're what, like 24 or something like that. 24. Yep. 24. Okay. Yeah, I think we've had a couple people mid 20s, but I I'm always interested because it, everything the world is changing so fast, so it's like such a big difference from millennial, Gen Z, um, Gen X. Like mm -hmm. there's so it's so much changing so fast. So um, I, I love that. I love that Without you just dove in, started a company. Um, it's just it's exciting. So it's it's fun to see your point of view and um, so you guys start the company and it's it's printing t-shirts but don't mm -hmm. you also do other things like design and social media and stuff like that too? 
Yeah, yeah. So when we first began the company, um, we actually didn't have like an office space or anything like that. We moved the printer, we got it delivered delivered to our house and then moved it into our living room. So like we moved the couch and everything out of there and just transformed the living room into a print shop. Amazing. And, uh, <laughs> which is pretty funny, just like, you know, thinking about in hindsight, but um, yeah, so we did that. And initially we were just focused on the printing as our business has evolved and we've been able to, you know, move locations, get more space, get some employees, um, really like grow a lot. We've realized that, you know, just offering printing kind of silos us a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, um, earlier you used the phrase actually like connecting the dots. So like a lot of times we'll be, I'll reach out to people directly, you know, that we want to work with, whether it's like companies or, you know, people that have some influence on TikTok, Instagram, whatever it might be. Not as much mm -hmm. TikTok now with the whole spring thing, but um, yeah, so just reaching out there. And there's a lot of people that want to sell merch or businesses that don't specialize in merch, but want merch. And they're not really sure how to go about designing it or how to start a store or anything along those lines. So we've really found that there's a need for some of those people um, for like design and web-based services. So yeah. we have um, some designers in-house that we kind of utilize for that. And then on the other end too, just handling printing is great, but at the same time, really utilizing DTG printing is utilizing it in a, a POD manner. Mm -hmm. So that's really only possible if you have your own fulfillment center as well, or like you have a fulfillment team or something like that. So yeah, since we first started, we've added the design aspect and we've added fulfillment. So we do all the, the pack, ship, all that type of stuff wow. for most of our clients, yeah. Amazing. Well, let me pause for just a second and say hi to Judy and hi to um, Five League Chocolate. <laughs> um, that's Jacob tapping. So welcome, guys. And feel free to ask questions to Brandon, too. I feel like we can all learn a lot from him. I, I love that you just dove yeah, in and are just stuff. conquering everything, um, learning everything. I think it's like oh, really exciting to just start like right away um because and it's interesting that you did work in a like somewhat corporate job um out of college because mm -hmm. i kind of did that too but i did it for like 10 years and i feel like that actually okay. has really hurt me <laughs> because i don't really? i don't feel like i um adapt as quickly like and it might just also be age but i don't know like i think i, I got a little bit too into the mindset of an employee and things like that. Like, I mean, obviously I've been able to start a business and do some things, but I think I would be further along if I had started younger rather than like being an employee for so long. Um, so I don't know, what are your thoughts on that? Like, was it a big change for you to go from IBM to working on your own? Yeah, I mean, IBM especially, just because like the company Worldwide is about 400,000 employees, I believe. It might be closer to 350 now since the pandemic, but um, it's a huge, huge company. Yeah. And like the office that I was in, especially, I mean, there were probably, I don't know, two, 3,000 people that were based there. So for me, going from being in the office like every day, eight to five or whatever it might be, to kind of being a solopreneur, I guess is the yeah. way you could put it at first. Um, definitely was like a big change, but if I'll be honest about it, like I kind of always had the vision of working in sales for a while, like for, a um, you know, a big company and I was lucky to, um, to work for IBM, it's a great company, but, um, at the same time, I had always anticipated myself in like five or 10 years, kind of moving on and doing my own thing. And this just happened to come up like a little bit earlier than the, the anticipated yeah. time frame yeah so Exciting. it was just uh right place right time i guess in that aspect well there you go well patty's saying helen he's so young i feel old well patty it's one of those <laughs> things it's um 
I love we all too. we all were the babies <laughs> at one point in time and speaking of that it's so funny patty like i um you guys all know i moved to missouri and um my husband's on the at fort leonard wood he's in a training right now and i haven't ever lived on base and we're actually still not living on base we're right off base but i go on base a lot more often than normal and I was complete, I completely forgot how old I was going to feel like <laughs> everybody looks way younger than Brandon even. And I'm like looking around like, oh my <laughs> God, I feel like I'm in high school or something. <laughs> um, it's pretty, it's pretty funny. Yeah, it definitely, uh, it's kind of funny it, it happens to everybody. That, like, I'm turning 38 in a couple weeks, uh, April 2nd. And it's like, it's so funny how, like, it just goes so fast. I mean, it's like. In my head, I still yeah. feel like I'm 25, but anyway. I kind of relate to that, actually. It's just like the last, last couple of years since college. You know, I, I look back and I'm like, I graduated in 2018, just yeah. like yesterday. It's 2020. Yeah, like, and, and the, the years, years are so, so, oh, sorry. The years, so much more no, stuff sorry. happens when you're younger. So probably like if you go to a, like, uh, think about I don't know anybody you knew a couple years younger. It's like so much happens in those couple years. Like I don't know. Uh, yeah, but anyway, back <laughs> back to your story. Sorry, we got sidetracked on age, but uh, I love uh, my stepson's graduating high school, and he kind of feels like um, gen like he, sometimes he he gets down on his generation or like thinks people are lazy or things like that and i'm like i like feel the opposite i feel like gen z like i just want to like sit there and take notes all day from you guys like i i i'm like the just like you like on the cusp but i'm on the cusp of millennial and gen x so it's like sometimes mm -hmm. i say i'm millennial sometimes i say gen x because it's like i don't know I'm an old millennial, yeah. but I, I really think the like young millennials and the Gen Z's, it's so, I just am like obsessed with everything you guys are doing. Like I love TikTok. I love just the creativity and the, um, just so much. Like I love that you're on clubhouse early and, um, yeah. how do you, what do you, what is your opinion? First of all, do you feel like, um, what, what are your thoughts on, on, on all of that Gen Z and, and everything that you're doing? Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> I guess I have like kind of a unique perspective just cause when I was in college, I was a communication major. So we really look back kind of like all throughout time, um, you know, from when like the telephone was created, like the television back to mm -hmm. like Nickelodeon type stuff. If anyone actually knows what that is, I'll be impressed like where Nickelodeon comes from. Um, but yeah, so I guess I have like a, a little bit of a unique perspective. I think that a lot of the creativity within my generation is kind of driven by the internet. So like so much of that, you know, just every generation previous to mine, like none of these ways of communicating or forms of creation, whether it be, you know, just like adding a sticker to something on uh, Snapchat or whatever it might be down to designing something completely original, like on Photoshop or whatever. It's like these technologies have only been around for so long. So I think we're still, and it's crazy to think about, like probably in the infancy of the internet. Yeah, um, it is. And it's, it's crazy to think about where things are going to be in, you know, 5, 10, 20 years from now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everybody's gonna have to just keep adapting and keep learning, and because um, it's, it's all changed so much just in the last few years, and then going forward, I think it's mm -hmm. just gonna be accelerated, like so much um, new technology, yeah. new just everything. Um, mm -hmm. So a, you, a thing called Moore's law that kind of explains that a little bit, but it it more refers to like computational power, mm -hmm. but it uh, basically is just it. I learned ironically in college <laughs> but uh it's just like the the rate or speed of technology change like doubles um yeah i think it's like every time within a certain period so just like as we move forward it's going time, straight you know, up change is only going to be quicker and quicker yeah 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 i think so too i i just think like and even like this pandemic and everything accelerated everything so much faster because now everybody was stuck at home so they had to be on zoom and had to be mm -hmm. online so it's like you know, we shaved off a few years there in the learning curve. Like it just had to go really fast. 
So, yeah. well, anyway. Exactly. Um, we'll we'll get back to your say. company. I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Judy. Judy was asking oh, more good. about your company. I'm just so excited to have someone like Jen Z on that we can like to ask so many questions. <laughs> okay, she yeah. says, Brandon, does your company um, product as well or strictly print? Oh yeah. Um, so we have a design team as well in house. So we do both the print and design side, um, whether it's apparel design or web as well. Cause um, you know, like I, I did actually talk about it a little bit earlier, but some of the people that we connect with who want to sell merch, they don't really know much about designing the merch or how to actually get a platform to sell it. So we help with that as well. Cool. And do mm -hmm. you connect to like Shopify or Etsy or anything like that? Or is it like manual mm -hmm. orders? Yeah, so we do definitely do like some manual order stuff right now where people can just, mm -hmm. you know, get in touch with me or someone at the company. Um, but right now, most of the, uh, whether it's products or people, whatever it might be, our integrations are mostly with Shopify. Um, we're working on building out an app actually. So we'd nice. be able to like directly integrate in that space, just make our process a little bit more seamless. And once we get that built out, we're hopefully going to expand to Etsy and some other marketplaces as well. Nice. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I put your website in the link. Um, so if you guys are watching this in the future, it'll probably be there. But for now, um, for people watching right now, what is the website? It's www.cloud9prints.com, and that's nine, like the numeral. Perfect. Mm -hmm. All right. What other questions do you guys have? I like that it's all together. So you have the social media. So let's just say somebody needed help with social media. What kind of stuff would you guys do? Yeah, so I mean, we don't really like specialize in helping grow social media pages or anything like that. Okay. I mean, like we definitely have a lot of people in our network that that's kind of their specialty, but um, really if someone was looking for social media stuff, like we'd be able to provide them with some design services. So, you know, if okay. you needed videos to help grow or, um, you know, whatever it might be, like photo material or graphic material or whatever it might be, okay. yeah, it would help in that sense. Cool. And then Judy's also asking, how are you drawing an audience to your site or custom sites? Yeah, so I uh, might have spoken about that a little bit earlier. So our site directly, honestly, like we don't really try to drive that much traffic to at all, actually. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll like use it as a reference point sometimes for people, like if they want to see work examples or whatever it might be. But we really haven't tried to drive any traffic to our site for the most part. Um, we have a pretty decent network kind of built up where we've been working kind of off of referrals and a couple of the people that are in our you know network, they've been able to really grow their brand because of print on demand. So our demand has kind of grown with them, if that makes sense. So we've been kind of lucky where we haven't really had to go out and actually capture like that many new clients because um, some of the people that we're already working with have just been growing what they're doing. And a lot of that audience, you know, where they're growing and getting traffic from, it's, uh, you know, Instagram or TikTok or wherever it might be, um, whether it's brands or influencers. Nice. Well, that's always good if you don't have to, if you have enough traffic just with the people that you know. And I know what you mean about how yeah. like they're they're getting bigger and bigger, so it's making your business get bigger. Like that's good. Um, yeah. I like Travis's question. I feel like this is probably a question he has to answer all the time, so he's making you answer it. <laughs> <laughs> Travis also has a uh, printing company, so his question is, how mm. do you differentiate yourself from the big guys? Yeah, it's a good question, and honestly, it's something that. Uh, over like the last couple of weeks, I almost feel like has gotten a little bit easier because it seems to me like a lot of people, you know, work with Printify or whatever, um, you know, existing POD service already exists. But around Christmas time, like last year, and it seems like some of the issues are kind of ongoing a little bit. It's just their orders have gotten like so backed up to the point where people are waiting 
basically what the wait time would be if you were drop shipping, you know, um, yeah. where it's like three, four, five weeks, whatever it might be. So you know, and then at that point, it's not it's only like... that. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's crazy, and not only like that. Um, just from the price standpoint too, um, I think a lot of times people are able to find uh, better prices if you're going to work with, you know, maybe a more local or a smaller provider um, of DTG because you actually have room to negotiate. Like if you want to work with cloud nine, you can just talk to me <laughs> and like, you know, um, we, we can try to find something that is going to work. So it's not really like you're just looking at the screen and there's the price. Like you can you build relationships and you know, it's not really just such an automatic transaction. Like it's a thing that you can actually build. So I think that's where we've been able to find our niche and differentiate there. Perfect. I love how natural you are. Like I could see that you could be good at sales because nothing about that seems like a sale. It's like a, a hard question and you just answer it with like such <laughs> ease. And we were, yeah, <laughs> was, it's pretty funny. Excuse me. I was asking about, uh, not That's asking, funny. I was talking about that last week or the week before we were talking about sales and it's like sales is just helping someone and answering a question. Like it's not, people think about it the wrong way. So I love your approach where it's just like so chill and so like <laughs> confident, yeah. answer the question quickly. It's perfect. I'll um, say I went through a good amount of sales training. Like when I was in, uh, I did like sales competitions in college and all that stuff. And really? IBM sends you to global sales What, what stuff. schools did you go yeah. to? Like I didn't have any of this stuff. <laughs> High school, I didn't have anything that you yeah. just said. And then college, there was no sales competitions. Oh my God. Yeah, I kind of had to go seek that, that part out a little bit. There's not that, that many schools that offer that aspect like the sales stuff actually um so i went to university in new hampshire a plug there for unh they actually the sales program is growing a lot and is great there now wow. um when i was a student is when it kind of first began um so like i i did i think it was the first or the second ever competition at unh i came in third or like 50 people doing it or something like that wow. and then um, yeah, if you're in like sales club at UNH, which, you know, anyone can join if you're interested in sales, um, there's a couple competitions that are more national. Um, so like there's one in Florida, we went to one in Ohio that I did. Um, wait, yeah, anyone can do it or you have to national. be at, in college? So yeah, you have to be a student in the school, but <laughs> oh my God, I, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> That is so cool. I went to business school at Rutgers and I don't even think we had sales at all. Like I'm trying, I know it's so long ago, I probably forgot, but like we had accounting, we had marketing, mm -hmm. we had finance. Um, I don't think there was any sales, none. I'm like, how do you get a business school degree? And like nobody ever taught sales, which is so important. Mm -hmm. Luckily, I just kind of was naturally good at it, but it's like, I, I don't know like that's such an important yeah. skill to have and I don't I don't remember a single sales class so I'm glad that that's changed I'm glad they're teaching it in college now because that's mm. up there with number one yeah. most important thing I was gonna say it's like I think like 20 or 30 percent of jobs for kids that go like go to business school 20 to 30 percent of them will get sales jobs within like their first two or three years of graduating yeah. but I want to say the statistic was like two percent so only 2% of colleges have either a sales major or a minor, which is just yeah. crazy when you think about it. Yeah, um, there you know, for sure wasn't a sales major or minor, but I, I don't even think we had a single class. That's the crazy part. It wasn't even like a class. Like we, we did wow. have one negotiations class, which I guess is kind of similar. Um, mm -hmm. That was really fun. I really liked that one. Um, Sounds like fun. Yeah, it was so cool because it's like making you think about what, like they wanted to get you away from like just arguing price and like meeting in the middle. It's like, no, there's so much else to it. Like, what do they really want? You know, what what do they mm -hmm. really not want? And it really got you to ask the right questions and everything. Um, okay, mm -hmm. Travis has another question. What are a couple things you wish you would have known when you started your fulfillment business? That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> we got to um, have Travis I'll on here doing the interview because he's, He's uh, another person with a similar business. 
I was going to say, yeah, uh, my business partner, actually, I think just met with him today. Travis. Oh, awesome. Colorado too, so, yeah, he, he came through our shop a couple weeks ago, which was great. And Neil um, is in Colorado, too. I think Neil may have met with Travis. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, Travis. But, yeah, Neil would be another one for you to meet. That's awesome. Already. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't think I have yet. Um, but maybe in the future. It'd be great. And I'll answer the question, too. Um, so, yeah, that's a good one, Travis, actually. We did not anticipate how just, like, quickly the demand can build up, basically, you know? Because it's almost, like, obviously it's an integrated business where, where like, we have it in-house and everything. But um, it's almost its whole separate business because, like, you know, going through and printing a 500 shirt order is great and you get through the 500. But then if you have to go pack and ship, like, 450 orders <laughs> after that because, you know, some of them are single, some of them are multis, whatever it might be. Yeah, it's kind of like a whole nother a whole nother thing. So initially we didn't really realize how quickly the demand can build up for fulfillment. And yeah, we, we really like within the first two months, because we kind of had some clients like built in, we made a lot of mistakes, like years worth of mistakes upfront, um, which, you know, wasn't great <laughs> at the time, but um was a learning experience for us so we've been able to kind of just learn and, and move past that and fix what we needed to perfect do you um do you do you sorry i don't even know how to phrase the question um like how do you manage when demand is always kind of changing like sometimes there might be spurts in demand with holidays or different things um do you have like ways to increase your output i guess mm -hmm. yeah for sure so we're still kind of a smaller shop right now we have a couple employees who work for us um we have people who are just dedicated for fulfillment right now, but we've basically trained everyone who is on board with us um, how to do fulfillment because okay. not to say like it's easy or anything like that, but the process of learning fulfillment compared to learning how to pre-treat or learning how to print or whatever it might be, like out of all of our processes, that's the fastest one for people to pick up typically. So you know, and, and actually this is something that's happened like over the last few weeks where our demand has picked up a little bit and, you know, we'll kind of just switch people's roles around a little bit um, where we'll have our, our person who's on pre-treat just switch over and help, uh, you know, on the fulfillment end of things. And it's been working out pretty well for us, so. That's smart, that's good to see that. I have some backup, backup fulfillment people. <laughs> all right, Travis is, he, he's got all the hard questions today. What kind of mistakes? It. I love it. <laughs> He's probably taking notes. He's going to be. What was his question? Next time he gets grilled, he'll be like, okay, let me see. That was a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question? What kind of mistakes have you made? Oh, what kind? <laughs> That's a good question. So we have definitely kind of short up just like what we're doing in-house in terms of um you know organization and how we're actually setting up our physical location to um enable people for success so like where i'm going with that is we're not shy to just like completely rearrange our fulfillment area um one day to you know make it easier for the people that are working for us and ourselves because like we we pack uh, packages too when need be um, just to make it easier for everyone. So like when we first started, we were almost kind of reluctant to do that. And we just like had a, you know, had our setup and just tried to work with it. And we've realized that that's not the best way to go. Um, we've also kind of made some mistakes in just the sense of, um, I don't know if I'd say like hiring, but just like finding the right person for the job for any job, but especially fulfillment um, has been something that was a challenge for us at first. And we've kind of figured out as time has gone on. Um, so yeah, that that was a little tough to figure out at first and definitely one of the, the areas that I guess you could call a mistake a little bit, but um, yeah, we figured it out as, as things have moved on. Nice. 
Yeah, I think that that's a good little nugget right there about like, don't be afraid to change anything, like your workflow, anything, mm -hmm. even switch out people if they're not working out right or yes. in the wrong job or there's anything you can change. Um, and the quicker, the better. You can always I, go back, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of people drag their feet on. with stuff like that. Like they, they want to just keep going with the way they started. Like, and it's better to just make some little tweaks, make some adjustments. Mm -hmm. And that mindset I was going to say, like has actually just been good for our business as a whole. Cause it was something that initially for fulfillment, we were just like, <clears throat> this system's not like working out and we really got to do something here. Um, and that's, kind of overlapped into our print setup and everything too where it's gotten us thinking like okay is this the the best way to have everything set up like can we do more shirts per hour if we change the way that you know printers are arranged and whatever it might be so yeah it's really carried along like throughout our entire company basically awesome well what else what have we not talked about yet what what other um things do you want to say or anything else about your company it's a good question. I know um, you do t-shirts. Is that the only product? Do you do any other products? Yeah. No, so we do we do like everything. Um, I mean for like DTG type stuff. So we'll do, you know, crews, hoodies, um, t-shirts, long sleeves, tank tops, like we've done some sweatpants type stuff. Um, really anything that is like above a 50-50 blend uh, for okay. cotton is really uh what we work with we're still experimenting right now like we want to be able to do closer to 100 percent or 100 percent polyester garments mm -hmm. um but doing dtg printing on those is way harder than yeah. like a 100 cotton or you know a blend so maybe what is let's explain what dtg printing is what exactly is it yeah yeah so the way that I explain DTG printing to most people is DTG printing is just like a desktop printer, but instead of putting a piece of paper in there, you put a t-shirt in there and it comes out just the same way. So, um, you know, there are no limits for color, you print photo quality, um, you know, whatever, whatever it might be, you put like filters and all that good stuff to make it look, um, you know, distressed or whatever it might be, all of that stuff. Um, so yeah, that's like kind of just, I guess, a quick overview of what DTG is. Nice. Are there any um, things that you've noticed with, um, I guess, like sellers like like myself or like anyone that sells print on demand? Is there anything that we could do differently to help um, you people like you, fulfillment centers? Like, is the communication off, or like, do you notice yeah. things that happen that? Could be better or expectations not set right or yeah um i was gonna say i mean you know we're still like working through our process internally um you know we've had a couple people that just recently we've started doing pod for who aren't really familiar with pod are more <clears throat> i guess familiar with like traditional methods so that's been kind of interesting to try to work out with them uh you know how exactly our workflow works and just everything like that um so yeah that that has been kind of something in of itself um what was the question again i just got <laughs> i think that was it like if there's anything that you noticed that from oh, your yeah, end yeah. that we okay. could do better <laughs> How say, do you guys communicate? Yeah. Do you communicate through email or how does it work? Yeah, so um, I mean, a lot of the people that we work with just like have my phone number or Danny's phone number. They'll just call us, text us or email. Um, we do a lot of communication that way as well. And if needed, like we'll hop on a Zoom call or, you know, whatever it might be um, for a more face-to-face -face type thing. Nice. Yeah. So do you find that most of your customers are brands or influencers or people like that? Or are most of them like print on demand sellers? Yeah. So it's kind of been like a, a mix for us right now, which is kind of weird, actually. <laughs> like we, you know, when you think about it, it's almost like maybe we should find a niche within those three kind of, but 
Um, yeah, I mean, we've found success in working with influencer people where, you know, um, whether they're like a gamer or a model or just, you know, someone who has built up a following on a platform. Um, yeah, we found that to be a pretty good avenue for people because they want merch but don't really know how to go about actually acquiring it. Um, right. And we found that a lot of brands too just like want to get off screen printing not for quality or anything like that because you know like i'm familiar with screen printing um the the quality is great like for screen stuff but it seems like there's a lot of shops that haven't really updated to where they're offering fulfillment um or they you know can't meet like a minimum order quantity or whatever it might be um and it seems like dtg is kind of fitting in there for some people all right. Well, I think that pretty much was all my questions. I don't know if there's anything else you want to say. Is there anything, um, I guess, just anything more about just the whole overall flow of it? Like, um, like let's just say you're working with an influencer. Do you help them? Mm -hmm. um, like, is there any, like, package or any process? Like, do you design the, the logo and then design a marketing campaign? Or what do you do? Yeah. So that's a good question. Honestly, I'm like, maybe we should have a little bit more of a, a process type thing. Um, it just depends like on the person. Cause mm -hmm. um, I think I mentioned it earlier, but a lot of times like before we'll jump into something with an influencer or whatever it might be a brand or, you know, anyone almost. Um, it's great to have like a, a call with them and kind of just understand what they want a little bit mm -hmm. more because we don't want to be pushing people in a certain direction, like with the capabilities of DTG and our company itself. It's like, you know, I don't have to be pushing people towards like, oh, like a one color design or like don't don't do photo quality type stuff or like whatever it might be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we've kind of just. Yeah, it's. <laughs> Basically, you just help with whatever what people need. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, it's it's kind of on, like, a need-by-need need basis. So, like, we do logo design. We do apparel design. We do web design. Um, so, like, for example, there's some clients that we've worked with who have apparel, sell apparel, but do it, like, kind of locally and want to get that web presence. So it's, like, we'll just work with them only on the web side of things and then potentially do their printing down the line. Like there's some people that, that, you know, they're not even really interested in like the entire scope of things, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of like on a, a need by need basis, like for sure. And that kind of, I guess like goes towards uh, something that I talked about earlier, like competing with the, the big brands. It's like when you work with a, a smaller company um, you know, whether it's someone like me or someone like Travis or whoever it might be, I think getting that face-to-face -face interaction, like you can truly explain what you want, like whether it's, you know, based mm -hmm. on apparel or like you said, like a logo or whatever it might be, um, and really be sure that the other person, no pun intended, is hearing you, you know? <laughs> so um, I think it's, it's pretty great in that aspect. Nice. What What do you see for the future? Like, what are your plans for the company for the future, for yourself for the future? Any Any big goals? Yeah. Yeah. So right now we are working on our automation systems here. So I'm super excited about that because once we get that in place, that's really going to be like what sets us up to work with more people on Shopify or on Etsy. Like we have the bandwidth to do so right now. Um, but having that automation in place is going to just make our workflow so much easier um, and allow us to have even more bandwidth to actually work with more people. So that's what I'm excited about right now. Um, but there's like a lot of things, actually. I think DTG technology in itself in the future is changing like rapidly. Um, I haven't even mentioned it, I don't think yet, but... Our company is partnered with a company called Superior Inc. in Denver. Um, they're like one of the largest screen printing companies in Denver. So they have 
a pretty sizable warehouse, um, a couple, like I think an 18 color and like two 14 color screens. And then uh, they have like an embroidery division and all that stuff too. So when they kind of like approached us a little bit about that partnership, we learned more um, about their history with DTG. And in like 2014 or 2015, they actually bought a DTG machine and tried doing all that stuff themselves with print on demand. And it's just crazy. Like at that point in time, the way DTG works, you have to apply um, a coat of pre-treat on top of the shirt before you can print an image on it. So at that point in time, pre-treat was still done with like a spray gun, like you would use to paint a car, like which is bananas to me because you really have zero control over like how much gets sprayed on the garment or like, I guess you have control over where, but if there's any wind or anything going along, it's just going to go everywhere. So yeah, like it's just, and and that was only like five years ago. Um, And DTG technology has come so far within that timeframe. So it's crazy to think of, you know, like a few years from now, what are the printers going to look like that we're working with and you know what kind of workflow automation systems are already built because that's something right now like we're having to build out that system ourselves so um it's just super interesting i think i said earlier that the internet is in its infancy and if that's the case pod is still just a a little baby that's for sure oh pod is still just a little baby people like say that merch is um saturated and stuff like that i've been saying that since it started basically i think people almost immediately started saying it was saturated (laughs) but i'm like this is so early like everything is so early Mm -hmm. print on demand just in general is so early (laughs) we've seen so many products added um just in the time that i've done print on demand added on merch but also added on all the other platforms too and it just keeps growing i mean just anything can be printed on puzzles anything (laughs) I know it's endless. Um, Truly, like it, it really is crazy. And uh, yeah, I'm just you know, there's going to be more marketplaces that come along, more integrations between sites and providers or whatever it might be. There's a lot to come in the future. It's like, so cool sure. that you've already been approached to partner with somebody, and I'm sure that's going to continue. That more people will reach out to you, and I think that's such a good way to go because it's like. For that company, it's smart for them. Like they, instead of having to like buy a new DTG printer or like learn all of it, they're like, "Oh, you guys already know that. Perfect. We'll add you to the team." Like, I think that's a smart way to do it. Um, yeah, so. and it's actually something that I think like <laughs> print shops might not want to admit it. I guess because POD is stealing a little bit of the thunder, in my opinion, for them. Um, but I think that you know. Um, there's a lot of print shops that don't want to do like 20 shirt orders or 40 mm-hmm. shirt orders or whatever their minimum is. And, you know, it's like, would you rather turn a customer away or would you rather have them go through you and do DTG? And then, you know, maybe the next run that they want is like 150 garments and makes more sense to get screen printed instead. Like mm-hmm. the, the thing that's been really great about that partnership that we have right now um, you know, it's like I was just explaining, like they don't really have to turn people away if they're looking for a small yes. order quantity. And if they send us those people and then they want, you know, an order that makes more sense for screen printing, we'll just send them right back. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, um, so it's super advantageous for, you know, everybody because the, the customer gets what they want, whether it's, you know, a one off shirt or a hundred of them in, you know, from the screen printing end, they can get that, or the DTG end, they can get that. So it works out for both of the companies as well. Fantastic. I love Patty's comment. She said, you have such an amazing future and thank you for all you shared. Completely agree. Thanks, Patty. Thank you. I really just remember, that. remember these days and remember like to just never like get comfortable because it's like, it's going to keep changing so fast. 24 yeah. to 38 happens quick. <laughs> so be sure to, um, I'm, I'm just happy that I, I started at least whenever I finally did because it's, I, it's, 
it's exciting to always be learning. Like I, I like to just keep mm -hmm. learning. That's one reason why I love doing these interviews once a week because I'm always learning from whoever I'm talking to. Um, and I think that's so important because um, learning is just like any other muscle. Like you gotta keep doing it. You gotta keep practicing, adapting and changing and looking at other things because it's so easy to get sort of like stuck in your ways especially once you figure out a system mm -hmm. that really works. It's like so easy to just stay that way. But um, yeah. just fight against that as much as you can because uh, I think stuff is going to just keep changing faster and faster. And it's, the more you can stay like totally nimble agree. and stay like willing to learn, um, the better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like literally 100% agree with that. And w within POD, there's so much to learn, you know? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> whether it's like getting better at, <clears throat> I'm like losing my voice out here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, whether it, whether it's getting better at like physical design, whether, you know, using Photoshop or Illustrator um, or, you know, updating your marketplace or your store or whatever it is, um, you know, or just finding a new niche. There's, there's so many different things out there within POD that you can learn. And uh, yeah, I've kind of, I think learning almost gets, not to say like a bad rep, but when I was in school, um, you know, I'm, I'm super guilty of it being one of the people that like, I didn't read my textbooks all that much. And, mm -hmm. you know, I kind of procrastinated things and all that, but um, I'm super blessed and like lucky to be able to be in the POD space because, you know, within the last like year and it, it happened a little bit before too, but just within POD, it's really reignited that natural curiosity and just mm -hmm. that you know natural like will to learn and yeah. i've been able to pick up so much knowledge in an in industry like i didn't even really understand i knew printing just from mm -hmm. like my high school experience but i didn't really know dtg um you know even like 15 months ago basically before we started and it's crazy now to be like yeah we <laughs> you know we're, we're yeah. here every day so yeah yeah yeah, and learning doesn't have to be a textbook. It can be just talking to people or observing. Somebody mm -hmm. like Gary Vee, he just like literally observes people. Yes. <laughs> and that's what he does. Yep. Like he never I reads. love Gary Vee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you don't yeah. have to read. I like to read, but um, but just as long just keeping that open mind, like like Gary Vee's a perfect example because he's always on whatever the the latest social media is. He never is he never says something like, Oh, that won't be big. He'll say like, mm -hmm. I don't understand it maybe, but he'll never say that yeah. won't work. Like he'll either say, yes, I'm trying it or I just don't understand it or don't want to do it. But he'll never be like, oh no, that, that's going to be nothing. Like, <laughs> yeah, so it's, exactly. it's good to yeah, always keep, Gary v fan. <laughs> yeah, keep that attitude of like, always just, just see, like try it. Like he, you know, he probably didn't know if TikTok would be good or not, but like he tried it. And like you just try everything, mm -hmm. um, and it's just amazing exactly. to see what happens from it. I mean, even like Clubhouse, like I haven't done a whole lot on it, but it's amazing the amount of people I've been able to meet. Like literally, only going live four or five times so far. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but it's it's so cool. You meet so many people. I've met people from TikTok too. I've had some people on the show that I met from TikTok. <laughs> That's awesome! Wow. <laughs> because yeah, I'm not afraid. I was say Clubhouse has been great. Yeah, it's I like one of those before. things, like one of the good things about getting older is you don't really care as much what people think. Like I definitely cared a lot more in my 20s <laughs> than in my 30s. Now I'm just like, oh, who cares? Like whatever you think about me is fine. Um, but so because of that, like mm -hmm. if I saw somebody on TikTok doing awesome, I would like find a way to message them. Some, like, well, I guess you can message on TikTok, but yeah. I usually would find them on Facebook because I'm, you know, 38 and Facebook is my place. <laughs> but uh, I would message them wherever I could, like Instagram or Facebook, and uh, just start mm -hmm. conversations with them because it's like, I wanted to learn. And it's like, some of them I've become friends with, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think that, uh, I'll be honest, I mean, just, I hate to use it as like a cliche, but sliding in the DMs is, so many people are just like afraid to do it. It's actually oh, Gary Vee like talks about it and, uh, I just reread reread the four hour work week, which talks about it too. Just like, you know, what's the harm in going out and DMing like a hundred people? You, yeah. you know, it's probably because I come from like a sales background, but I'm just like, realistically, even if only one person opens those DMs, 
and we end up like working something out and I'm sending DMs to, you know, all like influencers or clothing brands or whatever it might be. It's just like even getting one of those people to work out totally worth your time, like without a doubt. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we've, I don't want to speak on it like too much because it, it hasn't actually happened yet, but for sure the, the biggest like deal slash partnership that we have kind of closed slash are like working on um, has come from just an Instagram DM. And I can tell you it's an account that I did not expect, expect. to get a response from. Yeah. Not in a million years. I've been shocked yeah. how many people like say yes, no matter what, like random people on TikTok, I message or random people, especially for the show, like the more successful the person is, it's almost for sure they say yes. And the least successful they mm -hmm. are, it's almost for sure they say no. It's so opposite of what I thought. Like if somebody is just somebody yeah. I'm like, like, ah, whatever, they seem like a nice person, I'll go ahead and ask them, but they're not like that great they'll be too nervous or too scared to come on and i'm like but then the people that mm -hmm. are like i'm like oh they probably don't know who i am like they're so successful they're like oh sure what time like i mean they're just it's it's crazy how much it's like the opposite everything's like the opposite it's like just go for the mm -hmm. successful people talk to them don't be afraid um they're like so nice yeah because <laughs> like the way i look at it you know it's like uh the people, my, my DMs weren't really getting all that filled up from clients before or anything like that. So it's like, what's the harm in going out and reaching out to people, whether it be on Instagram or, you know, any other social media or wherever it might be, even going and like knocking doors. I've literally, we just got business cards in not that long ago. It's pretty bad that we just got them, honestly, because we've been asked for like, I don't know, 20 or 30 times before, but um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So we just got those in, and I'm like, "What's stopping me from just walking down the street and introducing myself?" I don't know any any of the other business owners or anything on the street. So I'm just like, I'll go in and say hi. At a minimum, I'm meeting the people that are that own all these places, you know, um, and maybe building some sort of connection there. We don't. I don't even care if we do shirts, you know. So. Amazing. I'm not surprised you won that or. Would you say third in that sales competition? Yeah. Yeah. You should have won. Yeah. You should have uh, won. I got to meet number one and two, see what they did. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? But that's cool. That's that's really good practice. Um, if you can just knock on people's doors or cold call, that's like, if you can do that, you're good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I honestly think that's a skill, like almost almost any business, like there's some sort of way that you could manage to call, like cold call people. And I think a lot of people are afraid of it, you know, whether it be from like a public speaking standpoint or just like the fear of rejection or whatever it might be. But yeah. just from my experience personally and like going through that program I mentioned earlier, Global Sales School, like I saw some people literally do their first like cold calls ever and all that stuff. And it's just like, once you do the first one, you realize that it's just picking up the phone and having a conversation. Like it might go good, it might go bad, but there's no harm in just picking up the phone and trying, Yeah, you know, so. I remember I technically yeah. was doing cold calls at Bank of America and like it took me months to realize that's what I was doing because to me, I'm like, no, they're Bank of America customers. I was calling them to see if they wanted to refinance, but in my mindset, I wasn't thinking this is a cold call, I'm thinking, this is a call to mm -hmm. a Bank of America customer who needs to refinance, so they should. <laughs> it was a yeah. long time later after I had tons and tons of sales that people are like, you know you're cold calling, right? And I'm like, no. <laughs> That's called a cold call? I'm yeah. like, no, this is definitely a warm call. Like, But it technically was called a cold, uh, cold call because they weren't expecting my call, and I was mm -hmm. calling them. But yeah, it's, I had it's all like how you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> literally had a similar experience at IBM that's super funny <laughs> yeah it's, it's funny like but, later people tell you like you know that was like most people don't want to do that right I'm like really <laughs> why would you not want to call people and save them hundreds of dollars a month like I don't understand <laughs> yeah I know right like literally I said I'm thinking about it now I'm like what's the worst that can happen but I only have like one bad sales experience actually like truly bad one is like my first sales job, so I guess uh, I'll I'll talk about it real quick if you want. Okay, yeah, go it's ahead. Funny. 
yeah, so I worked at Verizon. That's how I first got got started in sales. It was um, my freshman year in college. I wanted to work in sales for a summer. And there was only, I applied to like 100 plus places. And Verizon was the only place that interviewed me. And the manager literally told me, he's like, yeah, you just remind me of the younger me. Like, we want people with sales experience, but I'm going to take a chance. So I'm like, all right, great. And uh, I guess I sold this this family Fios. Like, I, I mean, I was never really pushy at all, like on, you know, selling stuff. So even still today, like, I don't believe in that. Um, and so I got someone to switch from Comcast to Verizon. And it was just the husband who came in and the wife, like a week later, showed up to Verizon. I was on my break and uh, someone asked for me specifically, which normally meant like someone wanted BIOS. So I was stoked to go out there and like talk to someone about it. And uh, yeah, I went out there and I was 18 at the time and the lady just started screaming at me in front of the whole store. (laughs) It was so bad. And like, I didn't even have the chance to, to be like, like, what can I do to help? Like, I tried to ask, like, like, what can I do to correct the situation? Like all that type of stuff. And the lady just did not care. Like literally for three minutes was just berating me and then like left the store. Oh my God. It's, it's funny though. Cause like now I can, I can sit back and like laugh at it. You know, those experiences that in the moment don't seem great as time goes on, I think a lot of times perspective actually shows a little bit, uh, you know, the different light for a lot of those things. I can tell you, I wasn't, I wasn't thrilled when it first happened and I definitely yeah. wasn't smiling about it. And those are the kind of things that stop yeah. people where they like literally never want to do another like call again after that. And it's like, how do you expect that not to happen? Like, I guess like for me, yeah, like I, I did, uh, I was a manager at a bank before I went into sales, like doing mortgages. So to me, I'm like, I'm the person that has to deal with anyone who's angry. So I'm just like, okay. Like to me, it's like all in a day's work. Like, of course you're going to have someone come in angry. Like <laughs> it's going to happen at least once. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be from me necessarily. It could have been from, you know, whoever. They had a bad yeah. experience at a Bank of America one time in their life. And I'm the person who they decide to yell at about it or something like <laughs> Yeah, or their yeah. their apps not working on their phone and exactly to something totally unrelated yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Fine. totally feel that. Well, sorry, we went a little over, um, but thank you so much. Oh, good. Uh, and it, are you at the company right now? Like, is Dan or anybody else there mm-hmm. that wants to say hi? Yeah, I think Dan might be out there. You want to give me like ten? Yes. Yeah, see see if anybody wants to come say hi real quick, and I'll see yeah. if there's any more questions. Um, yeah, let me see if he's out here. Guys, if there's any questions for Brandon or Dan or um, just in general, comment below. Thank you guys all for being here. Um, Coloni, Coloni, saying, I'm not sure what your question is. Coloni. And then thank you, Travis, Patty, Judy, everybody. This was so fun. And I apologize, guys, if I went a little all over. I just had fun, fun talking to him. So much to learn. All right. <laughs> We're back. With awesome. <laughs> oh, here, let me just let me you. let me switch the screens a little so we can see better. There we go. Hey, how are you? <laughs> oh, your I think your mic is muted. There we go. There, you, there you go. Yes, I yeah. can hear you now. Hey, Dan. Hey, Helen. How are you? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Just was just fulfilling some orders, making the perfect. <laughs> well, we figured we um, would just say hi before we were just finishing up the interview. But I'm like, if Dan's there, we just want to at least wave and say hi. <laughs> for sure. Thanks. Thanks for including me. It was yeah. fun getting to talk to Brandon and fun learning more about your company. Are you on Clubhouse too? Yes, I am. All right, awesome. We'll I have to get. Yeah, I, I need a. I lost my AirPods. I feel like I'm making as an excuse or to not be as active, but I'll, I'll be more on the clubhouse for sure. Yeah, well, whenever say. we have our next marathon, we'll have to make sure Brandon lets you know. Come yeah. join. <laughs> I haven't picked a date yet, so it's a big time commitment for me because I stay the entire six hours. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've heard while Brandon was like tuning in, that's definitely, it's, it's definitely a marathon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'll have to keep him in the loop though, for sure. It would be great to get Danny in there dropping some knowledge too. Yeah, it'd be great. Well, yeah. thank you guys so much. And Dan, is there anything you want to say before we head out? Uh, just love what you're doing for the community for sure. And definitely appreciate it and uh, having us on. Oh, you're welcome. Well, I appreciate you guys and thank you. Uh, I love everything that you guys are doing and uh, keep us updated. Any, any changes, any, you know, new things that happen, keep us updated. Will do. For thank sure. you. <clears throat> thank you All so right. for having thank us and night. having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye, Bye everybody. I don't know if this is ending. Oh my gosh. <laughs>